0: Yeah. I don't know how many more times we're going to say that, but it just feels good to say it. And um, man, and so we're excited, but I'll, I'll tell you this, I said it last week, man, we're really excited about what God's going to do next year. And uh, we're not really excited, we're excited about what God's going to do in our church, but we're really excited about what God's going to do in the lives of you, and lives of, of in our lives, and my family's lives, and Diana, and our team's life, and in your life, and what God's going to do in your life even today. And so man, we're excited about it. We want you to go on the journey with us today. We want you to go on the journey with us for the next year with us. We're going to have fun, we're going to go far, and... Uh, the, you know I heard a proverb say one time, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And so we want to go with you, and uh, we want to do life with you and hang out with you and, and roll with you. We want to roll with your crew. And if you're looking for a crew, we want to be your crew. And um, we're excited about what God's going to do even today. Um, I was up super late last night. I, I like to go to bed at about 10.30. I was up to—someone laughed at me. <laughs> like, this guy's lame. <laughs> um— <clears throat> just made me feel insecure about going to bed early. Uh So I was out in the lobby a minute ago, and the, one of the guys, I said, hey man, thanks a lot for starting this church with us. Um, it was Tyler, and Brooke. thanks a lot for starting church with us. He goes, he goes, you have a lot more hair than I remember from this time last year. I was like, you might your own business, you know? And they're there. I was getting a haircut this week, or getting my head shaved, and I told the barber, I said, man, these gray hairs are coming strong. And um, I lost my hair because of marriage and four kids. But I, these, these gray hairs are from this church. <laughs> man, it's wearing me out. But I love it. I love it. It's great. Um, man, uh, I'm going to preach today once I can get past getting the fact that I have a bunch of gray hairs in my beard. And um, uh, we're starting a new series today. We were up till late last night talking about what I was going to share with you guys today. And um, so if you're here today and you're like, man, this guy is talking slow, I think there's a lot of weight to what I want to share with you guys today. It's a lot of weight for what I want to share with us as an entire church. And um, and so if you would just bear with me and let me unpack it. I'm going to talk super slow today. And like some of you guys are like, man, what happened to the guy that talks super fast? I don't know where he's at. Um, but we're going to talk slow, and I'm going to make sure I accomplish what I want to accomplish. I will make sure we get to where God wants us to go. If you are new today, we're really glad you're here today. And um, we're just, you're our guest. And so if you need anything, let anyone with our orange um, dream team lanyard on, know, and we would love to connect with you. So. We're in a series called Strapped. You saw the video, and um, if you're honest in here, say a lot of times in our life we can, we live strapped, and um, one of the easiest places where you can probably identify being strapped maybe is maybe finances. Like, man, I if I could ha- if I had another. I had another $100,000. That would make things a little bit easier on I me. Mean, how many of you guys, a little bit of money would help a little bit? A little bit of money. You don't even need a lot of money. Like, I'll take a little bit. Like, I'll take $5,000. i will take 500 I don't care. I'll take 10 bucks. Um, yesterday, my, brother, my son went to the farmer's market with his grandpa, my dad. And, and he came back and hopes uh, Hope's like, what's that? It's a plant. And uh, he said, it's a plant. He didn't say plant. He's like, oh, my son, he's five. His voice is deeper than mine. But he's like, oh, it's a milkweed plant. I'm like, how does he even know what it's called? But he's there. He knows what the plants are. He loves going to the farmer's market with his grandpa. And he comes back and he's got uh, he's got a, in one hand he's got pizza, in another hand he's got a milkweed plant. My dad's following him with uh, a, with with money because he had to get paid, you know. And um, and he's got his wallet in one hand. But my son he loves going to the farmer's market. He loves hanging out there. So man, but he likes to. My, the last week my my son tried to give money to my dad. I'm like, son, that's not how it works. Grandpas are supposed to just give you their wallet. That's what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and there's give a giveaway. Like, you're, you went to go work for him, so he's going he's gonna to go pay you. I know it costs him. When he shows up, they're like, man, they better bring cash because this guy, he breaks them out. He's getting, he gets there, gets, he gets, starts off with a snow cone. Once that wears down, he's onto the pizza. I don't even know where they get pizza from. They get in a golf cart. They drive to get the pizza downtown Winter Garden, and um, and then I see him sometimes. Man, he just he, one time he came back with a tray of plants. I've got a little small little nursery in my front yard, and here's what I think. I told Diane I said my son's gonna put my dad out of business. Here's what I think he's. doing. I think he's taking all these plants for free. <laughs> he's gonna start selling them and making money for him. That's my son. Pray for him. He's not saved yet, and so I think that's where we're going. I think this guy's gonna start a little business, and so but may a little bit of money probably would help you feel a little bit less strapped. And maybe some of you guys in here today, you're maybe you, fear straps you. Maybe fear straps you. Um, I, I don't live in, um, I, a lot of times, I tell people all this all the time, I, I think a lot of times people look at me like, man, he lives such a faith-filled life. Wes is, Wes is he, he's a lot of faith in God. And I think a lot of times that faith and stupidity, they hang out with each other. <laughs> faith and stupidity, they're really, really close. So a lot of times they're living in stupidity, but maybe it looks like faith. Man, that guy's really going for it. No, I'm just haven't calculated all of the risk and so I'm kind of going for so. maybe fear. Maybe for some of you guys in here today, it's doubt. Maybe you just doubt. Maybe for some of us in here today, the thing that straps us is trust. And um, I, I, one of the big things you know about our church is we want to be a relational church. Some people have a hard time trusting people, and their reasons are, are endless. Maybe because you've been stabbed in the back before. Maybe someone has betrayed you or someone has lied to you, and so it's hard for you to, to trust them. So maybe trust straps you. Maybe doubt straps you. Maybe someone's in here saying maybe depression straps you. Like, man, I'm trying to go through life, and then it just, I wake up, and it's like that depression comes over me. Or maybe it's oppression from somebody that you know. Or maybe it's discouragement. Maybe discouragement straps you. I like to hang around with positive people. I told someone the other day. He's, I said, "You know, so and so," and they say, "Yeah, I know him." And uh, someone coined this phrase: "Oh, that guy—he's a negative thinking expert." And so maybe I don't like to hang around discouraging people. If you're not, if you're like, if you're discouraging, and you're like, "Man, why do I I western? to hang out with me because I like to hang out with encouraging people because I want to be encouraged and I want to encourage people. I want to encourage people and I want them to encourage me and. God we're, we're, God puts on earth to encourage people. So maybe you're discouraged. Maybe discouragement straps you. I mean, I'm just so discouraged by this. And maybe some of us in here today, maybe it's our circumstances. Maybe your circumstances strap. you like, man, if, I, if things could just change this way and change this way. And maybe some of us in here today, it's not our circumstances. Because, you know, a lot of times in life you can't change the circumstances. But you can change your perspective. You can change the way you look at your circumstances. Maybe it's our perspective that straps us. And so over the next few weeks, I want to try to get us to, to be unstrapped. I want us to live a, a free life. I don't want you to have to walk around with, in, in the bondage. Because the Bible tells us that God has come to give us this abundant life. And he gives it to us and he gives us salvation. He gives us grace and he gives us mercy. But yet we still walk around with the handcuffs of being, being strapped. And maybe I didn't touch your list. But here's what I want to try to accomplish today, is whether I get, whether you made the list or not of being strapped, hopefully I'll give you some tools to help you become unstrapped. And maybe today, you're not, maybe you're not strapped today, but Monday might happen to you. <laughs> How many of you guys hate Monday? Just nod your head. You hate Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you got to see your boss tomorrow. I'm sorry. <laughs> it could be worse. I could be your boss. You know, like, you would hate me on Monday. I'm a hard guy to work with. But anyways, you got to go to tomorrow. Monday happens. <clears throat> And maybe Mondays, maybe Mondays strap you. And so I want to help you become unstrapped. Maybe a lot of us in our life, maybe sin straps you. Maybe sin straps you. It stinks because, you know, when, we're, when, we're, when we commit sin, it's, it's, it's awesome to know that God has, it's, got to, it's good to know that God has freed us of all of our sin. If we have sinned, God's forgiven. If you've accepted the, the good news of salvation, that God has forgiven all of your sins. But you know what stinks is sometimes we have to live with the circumstance or we have to live with the repercussions of those sins, I remember the first time I stole, I was a little kid. There was repercussions to to stealing. (laughs) I remember one of the best nights of my life. You're like, oh, great, he's going to talk about that. No, I'm not going to talk about that. That wasn't my best part of my life. One of the the best nights of my life when I was was in high school is I a paper at about six houses from about 11 a.m. to about 5 a.m. That was one of the funnest nights of my life. I I loved it, man. We were running from... The law, it was a blast. We had a good time. And we were, we, this one, I remember going to Chad Hergner's house and hopefully he's not going to listen to this podcast because we forked his yard and we just put forks upside down and we just, and, and students in here today, it sounds, it sounds fun and it sounds exciting, but when you get caught, that's not fun and that's not exciting. And so none of my parents are in here today. I don't even know if they know this story. But man, we forked all night long, just forking these yards. And, and we were like, we weren't going after like, we were going after like the nicest people in the church too. Like we were just, I was just a punk, punk high school kid. We, we, we told a paper, the, um, the, the music leaders, um, I'm from a Baptist church. So it was a, it was the choir director. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Where you sing the first verse, the second verse, you skip the third for some reason and you go to the fourth. And so some of you guys that are Baptist, you're like, Oh, I'm giving, some of you guys are starting to shake. You're like, no, I came today because I didn't think it was a Baptist church. And, I'm a recovering Baptist, and so that's kind of what I remember, but I remember toilet paper and Mr. Turner's um, oak trees, and that's a jerk, that's a jerk thing to do because Barbie, his daughter, would give me a ride to church every single Sunday, so why am I doing that to them? I don't know, I'm a jerk, and so I remember um, that being a fun night, but then there's always, whenever you do something you shouldn't do, there's always repercussions, there's always a, there's a penalty you know, if you steal something, you're going to get in trouble. That's that you're going to get, once you get caught, and eventually you get caught. The Bible says that sin is fun for a season. You eventually get caught. So maybe it's our, <clears throat> maybe it's sin that holds us back. I, I love what Paul says. And, and maybe some of us in here today, we want to do, maybe, maybe there's a confusion that straps you. So like Paul said this, it's, it's kind of confusing in Romans chapter 7 verse 19. He says, the good that I, that I will do, that I will to do, or the, this is New King James uh, Version, but he says, for the good that I, that I will to do, the things I actually want to do, I don't do those things. But the evil that I, I will not to do, that I don't want to do, those are things I'm practicing. I don't want to go here, I don't want to do that, but I find myself doing it. And when I wish I'm over there doing the right thing and I'm, I'm, I, when I want it, it's easy to be in church saying, great are you, Lord, and it's your breath in our lungs. But then night we go home and, and I, I want to worship God. When I'm worshiping God, I, I kind of want to be doing something bad. When I'm doing something bad, I wish I was worshiping God. And we kind of live in this, we live strapped back and forth. And the reality is that God knew that we would live strapped. And the Bible actually tells us there's actually two paths that we all can be on. Every single one of us, we can be on one of two paths. There's not more. There's not less. There's only two paths. And there's a narrow path. Matthew chapter 7 says there's a narrow path. It leads to Jesus. It leads to righteousness. But there's a broad path, and it leads to destruction. And on this path, there's a whole lot of people on the broad path. There's tons of people on the broad path. There's only a very few people that are narrow on path. Only a few people actually find the path and only very few people actually stay on the path because we live strapped. This idea of having the arms tied and being pulled back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it even gets harder because the world gives us our cues a lot of times. The world starts talking. The world starts getting louder and louder. And we really want, the world is very enticing. It's very enticing. A lot of the things that you like today, they're not bad, but when you begin to love those things, then you get yourself in a bad position. Is it bad to have relationships? Absolutely not. But if you get in the wrong one, then you're strapped. Is it bad to have lots of money? No, it's not bad to have lots of money. But if you get too much money and if you don't have your party strapped, if you're your party straight, then you can live strapped. If you don't use the things that God has given you, the resources they give you, if you don't use it the right way, then you can live strapped. And living strapped, if you be honest today, It's miserable. Our ladies are in a Bible study that happens right there on Tuesday night. If you're new today, you can jump in halfway through. I think I don't make the rules. I just break them. Um, but they meet right there on Tuesday nights, and they're in a series. They're in a Bible study series. I believe it's called Stuck. It's very applicable. I posted a thing on, on social media, and a friend who doesn't go to our church, you go, I don't go to your church, but I need to come to that Bible study because I live in a, my life, I live stuck. And if we're honest and today, we're either strapped or stuck a lot of times. And God has so much more for us. He has a greater plan for our life. Today, I want to talk to you guys about the voices inside of your head. I was at the barbershop yesterday, and I was talking to Stefan my barber, and he just said, Man, I think a lot of people are strapped by the voices inside of their head. And if you were to be honest today, you, we all struggle with that. It's not the, sometimes it's not the audible, the outside voices. It's the stuff inside of our head. I like what the great theologian of our time said, Eminem. In the song, The Monster, <clears throat> he says, I'm friends with the monster that's under my bed. I get along with the voices that are inside of my head. You're trying to save me. Stop holding your breath. You think I'm crazy. Yeah, you think I'm crazy. And what happened is, if you, if you study, I'm, I don't have anything bad to say about Eminem, but he got so famous and got things got going so big so fast, but eventually it caught up to him. And all the glam, all the things. And he kind of, he's writing this song from such a deep, he writes some good stuff. He's writing this stuff from a deep place in his heart in his life where he's living, strapped in the voices inside of his head, him and Rihanna. And it's just these voices inside their head. And we, we make friends. when you Remember when you're young, you're afraid of the monster. You don't want to look at the monster. You run and you jump in your bed so it doesn't get your feet. You know what I'm saying? And... What happens is because I've got to this point in my life where I'm starting to listen to those monsters and those voices that are inside of my head. And typically, I think a lot of times, those voices that get inside of their head, they begin to attack our belief system. They begin to attack our belief system. And uh, there's a story in the Bible. I want to read it to you today. If you have a Bible, cool. If you don't, we've got the ones in the air for you. Mark chapter 9, there's a story about a man who was trying to get his faith right, was trying to how was trying to trust in God so much, was trying to believe so much in God, but he just, he says to God, I need you to help. I need you to help me. I'm strapped. I really want to believe, but help me because I'm not really fully believing. In Mark chapter nine, there's a story in the Bible. Mark chapter nine, verse 14. um, When they returned, it says here, when they returned to to the other disciples, Jesus and his close homeboys, when he got with his other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. and Some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. Verse 16, what is all the arguing about Jesus said? So the church people, the religious people today, the, 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 the Pharisees and religious people, they're having an argument with the disciples, and they're just young kids. They don't have all the answers. And the Pharisees, knew yeah, that, so they're going out and they're like, let's, let's go get these guys. Let's go have a spiritual Let's go have a spiritual debate. Let's go fight these guys. So they're fighting, Jesus walks up, and he's like, hey, guys, what's up? And by the way, just a freebie, if Jesus asks a question, he already knows the answer to the question. But he says, what's all the arguing about? Verse 17, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. These disciples are good for nothing. So get the story. Have you ever been a part of a, have you ever had to catch someone mid seizure? Have you ever had to do that before? If you have, just kind of nod your head. Have you, if you've ever had experience that before, it's, it's, it could be. That can be traumatizing if, if you're not if you're not prepared for that. I was talking to my buddy today, <laughs> Lee, and um, he's almost 100% ready to open up his CrossFit gym, and he's so disgusting. He's a cop, ex-cop, but he, he was telling me, I'm not even sure if I should be sharing this in church, but I'm going to. But he was a part of underwater. He, he was part of the um, the special unit down in Key West where they would go into the water and they would do recoveries, and uh, and that we would go get. He goes so so from bodies to um, you know, if some, something, he goes, I would have to go. I, one time I, I, I found a, a murder weapon and the keys to the vehicle to get away. He goes, I found it. Because it was just, it was just by accident. Like it was just, I was there, just looked, didn't look right. And so I was able to reach out. He was talking up some recovery. I'm like, and I made the dumb, I, when you talk to cops, you got to make sure you ask the right questions because they have no problem answering. And, um, a lot of things. I, you know, my sister's here today, and her, and her husband um, is on SWAT, and the guy out there that works security for us, he's on SWAT. Man, you ask these guys some questions, they got answers you don't. You're not prepared for. <laughs> so he was telling about some of the stuff that he has seen. But he was telling about one time. Um, <laughs> I'm already saying it, so I can't stop now. Um, he was saying one time I recovered a dead body, and we get it in the the bag or whatever. And I, he goes, I brought it up to the surface, and part of the the flesh fell off the body and onto my head. <laughs> That's disgusting, right? And that's gross. This kid in this story is just is, his body goes uncontroll and, and he begins to foam out the mouth, and it's just the most grossest thing that you could imagine happening to the body. This is this guy is there, and he's he's just shaking uncontrollably. Un- uncontrollably, the church we came from, there was a girl there that I had to keep an eye on. She had she had epilepsy. She'd go into surgery. Decision I, I, I had to watch her, and if the temperature was. Was wrong. I, I I would just know. I could watch. I would watch her body actions. And a couple times I've had to catch her. And Lisa's daughter had to help her one time. I remember being in a service. But being shaking uncontrollably. This dad had to watch this over and over and over again. If you have kids in here today, and you can't fix your kids, it's it's devastating. Spiritually or physically. Man, I wish my kid would. And you can't get your kid to get on the page with you or get on the right path. Or maybe he physically he has this disease and you can't get it right. And this guy has watched this happen. He goes, I brought my boy to you. I brought my boy to your disciples, to your boys. And he goes, they can't do anything. And he says here in the next verse, I asked your disciples to help me out. Evil spirit, they couldn't do it. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, you're faithful, your faithless people, you faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus is like, you guys can't do it. Bring him to me. So they they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Another one of these seizures. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. Devastation has already been set in place a long time ago. This guy has taken this, I'm imagining, this guy has taken his son to the witch doctors, to see if they could heal him. He took him to the religious leaders and see if they could help him. He took him to the, to the priest. I mean, this guy has asked anyone, everyone to please help. And this guy's at his last. And Jesus shows up and says, bro, how long has this been happening? So they brought the boy, evil spirit, 21. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Man, that's devastating. Are you, are you catching it today? What do you mean if I can? He says to him, if you can help him, that'd be great. And Jesus says to him, what do you mean if I can? And I think the word if there, we can probably spend the rest of our time on the word if, but that's a lot of times, that's where the, the monsters or the voices that start with, the little word if. Well, what, how do you, what if God can't? Take care of that. What if, what if it does feel good? What if, it, what if it does work out? And that word, if, begins to sneak in. And this is the little things. Satan only needs the little things. And, and they said, I'm sure the demons in him have said, you know, this probably happens. So the guy's like, hey, do you think maybe, if, do you think it's possibly possible? It's possibly possible? <laughs> like he's trying to say like, man, I, I want to believe, but I'm just having a hard time. The voices, I've already been plagued by the voices inside of my head for most, as long as that little boy has been in this position, this dad has been in the position of being this kid's father, and every single emotion has ran through this guy's mind. And he says to him, <clears throat> he keeps on reading, how long has it been? We said that, verse 23, what do you mean if I can Jesus says, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe. I do believe. But then there's a comma there, and uh, whenever there's the word but there, you have to look at that and kind of tune in. And he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. What? I do believe. But if I don't, help my unbelief. Like, what are you saying? What does that even mean? And um, let me give you the rest of the story, and I'll come back to that verse. Verse 24, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help, my, help me overcome my disbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, your spirit your spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you, listen, you, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. again I've prayed that prayer for some of my kids. Dinah came home the other day, and we, if you're new today, we have, we have two-year-old twins. And um, I'm like, you're, I was about to leave, I'm like, hey, you're good. They both have already thrown their morning temper tantrum. You're going to be fine. I like trying to cast demons out of these kids sometimes. And so he cast demon out. Therefore, the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him there. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? And Jesus said to him, this kind of demon had to be cast out by prayer. I couldn't just touch you and I had to actually have to pray. And so here's what I want to unpack. He says to him, I believe, but help my disbelief. Can I talk to you about today just for a few moments? And so that you guys know that I've had some sort of training for this. I want to talk to you guys today about soteriology. And you're like, oh, this guy has some death to himself. <laughs> I don't. It's the study of salvation. That's all it is. It's the big word for it. Theologians. I want to talk to you guys today about your salvation. You're like that's weird, Wes. Because typically that comes at the end of the message. And so, typically what that looks like for our church is we we let everyone know in this room and here today that Romans three twenty three, the Bible says that we've all have sinned, we've all fallen short of God's glory, and we believe that. We move from Romans three twenty three to Romans six twenty three. When we get to Romans six twenty three, we read the Bible says, "For the wages of sin is death." There's actually a penalty for our sin. It, the wage of the the wage or the penalty for our sin, it's actually death. But it doesn't stop there, and the Bible is not chronological order. So we go from Romans 3:23 to reading the fact that Jesus says that we're all sinners, to Romans 6:23 that said there's there's a wage for our sin, and then we go back to Romans 5:8, and the Bible tells us tells us this in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that even though we were sinners, Christ commended the King James says God commended or He poured out His love on us. He poured out his love on us. And then Romans, 10, chapter, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, verse, verse 9, it says that if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart, then we shall be saved. And that's good. And people raised their hand up, and over 70 people have raised their hand and said, I want to trust Jesus as my Savior. I want to commit my life to Christ in this church. There's so much more to it than that, though. That's the hard part. Th- that's the easy part. That prayer is the initiator. And so what happens is we raise our hand and we pray that prayer and Jesus saves people. I believe, I believe salvation happens instantaneously. And there's some there's some people out there that believe that you have to be baptized to seal your salvation. We don't teach that. We teach, the Bible teaches, that once you're saved and you're following Jesus, then that's it. And in the Bible, we see Jesus get baptized and we see a litany of people get baptized to show that they're followers, to show people they're a part of the thing called the way or this Jesus movement. That's why they get baptized, Okay. But here's the problem with all that. <clears throat> is that we get saved and, and, and we say, God's going to forgive you of all your sins. And we're, we're signed up for that. I want all my sins forgiven. But then the voices inside of our head begin to talk to us. You know what they say to us? You don't deserve forgiveness. You're, you're crummy. You're bad. You don't deserve forgiveness, Wes. And what happens is we begin to believe that because it's in there. It's already in our head. We begin to believe you don't deserve. You're, you don't warrant forgiveness, Wes. You didn't deserve it. And we begin to be plagued by that. And so I want to unpack, I want to give you a couple things about forgiveness really quick. I think you have to gather, and I want to move to one more area, okay? Here's what I want you to know about forgiveness. It's free. Forgiveness is free to you and me. It costs Jesus' life, but it's free to you and me. Forgiveness is free. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. If it was about works, you guys would boast about it. Look what I did. I got saved. Look what I did. For we are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Forgiveness is free. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a free gift. Forgiveness is free. You didn't earn it, you can't earn it. You didn't earn it. You, when you received it, you didn't get it because you were a good person. It's impossible to be good. If you live life long enough, you realize it's, long, it's, hard, to be good. it's hard to be good. It's impossible to be good. Because you, you have moments where you're good and then you have moments when you're bad. You have moments when you're good and you have moments when you're bad. Forgiveness is free, it doesn't cost you nothing. Picture, I, I, I want to give you, Brad and Lisa, I'm going to lunch at the, dinner with them this week. And they say, hey, Wes, I want to give you a car. Here's the keys. How much does it cost? It's free. What do I have to do? You have to take the keys. You have to go out there. It's in the parking lot. And I walk out there and whatever car it is, that's your car. It's free. I didn't do anything to get that. Why are you giving that to me? We just, we just want to do it for you. We, just, we want to bless you with it. And I'm good with the cars I have. I'm not asking you to send me a car or anything. But I don't want to rob anybody of giving me a blessing. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I, I love my cars. I was telling Diana, we went to this place. This weekend, I'm like, I love this car. I, I got this 06 Honda that I got for $5,000 cash. I was so excited to buy this car cash because it feels good to me to buy things cash because I don't like to be strapped financially. I don't like to be strapped financially. And I don't want our church to be strapped financially. So I, I want to live a life that's free and generous. And I want to be a generous person. That's, one, that's our first core value is generosity. And I can't be generous if I'm strapped financially. And so I bought that car cash. I love it. I love it. But if someone says, hey, this is free, and I want to give this to you, you can have it. It doesn't cost you anything, then it's free. When God saved you, when he gave you forgiveness, it was free. Here's another thing I wrote down about forgiveness. Forgiveness is free. Forgiveness is also forever. It's forever. So the moment you said, yes, Wes, I want Jesus. I want Jesus to come to my life. I want him to save me. Then we realize in this, in this text here that forgiveness, it's forever. John chapter 3, verse 16, the most popular verse Googled of all time. John 3, verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave us one son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have an everlasting life. It's everlasting. It's forever and ever and ever. So when we get on this earth, we're going to die one day. <clears throat> we're going to die one day on earth. But the Bible says that we have an everlasting life when we get to heaven. We get that. So not only is it forgiveness and salvation, it's free, but it's actually forever. It's important. These things are important. I, I have to unpack it because, here's what, because we think if you, if you earned it, then you would have to keep on earning it. You never earned it, okay? It was free. If, it, if God says word says forever, then that means it's always forever. It's always forever. It's forever and ever, and ever 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 and ever. It's forever. It's nonstop. It will be forever and ever. And I have to make sure I draw the point home. It's forever. In English, it's the word forever and it's Forever. You can't, you didn't do anything to get it, it was free. And you can't do anything to keep it because it's forever. Once you got it, then you have it. It's, it's yours. He gave it to you. It's forgiveness, it's free, it's forever. You can't take away from it. It is forever. Here's the third thing, and in case you didn't catch it, the very first point, here it is at the third point. Forgiveness is from God. It's from God. That's who it's from. Salvation is from God. This, making your, this committing your life to Christ, it's from God. So Wes, you're telling me it's free? Absolutely. Christ already paid the penny for your sin. My son. It was free. It's forever. And just in case we didn't get it, it's from God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and verse two. It's an awesome, awesome passage of scripture. The Bible says, therefore, we also. Now this is following Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11 in the Bible, it's called the it's called the Faith Hall of Fame. These are the guys that, They beat the monsters under their bed. They beat the voices. They beat them. They overcame them. They got through them. These are the guys that lived it out. All that was there for. If you ever see the Bible, the word therefore, it's telling you what preceded it, why it was there for. Here's what it was there for, for. So he says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every single thing that straps us down. Including the voices inside of your head that, that make you doubt. Let us lay him down. I mean, I mean, this is not you. Like, man, how did West know to package all this the right way? I didn't. Only God did. God knew that you would doubt after you walk through the Romans Road. After you committed your life to Christ, you had to. You would struggle with this idea of, man, am I still saved? Am I still forgiven? Even though I've done all these things after I've been forgiven, am I still the greatest, the, the greatest writer in the Bible? One of you that would call one of, the, one of, the, one of the, the best or one of the most faithful Christians in the Bible, he says, when I'm do, I, I still struggle with the voice inside of my head because when I'm doing right, I was, I, I, when I wanna do right, I'm actually doing wrong. And when I'm doing wrong, I actually wish I was doing right. And he puts this, and the writers here want us to know that it is, and God wanted us to know when you struggle with this, I need you to know that you're going to feel strapped by the voices in the sin that so easily ensnares you, grabs you. It reaches out and grabs you. And don't those voices come at you and snatch you at, at, at just the most perfect timing? How do those voices know when to attack you? <laughs> Because Satan is a roaring lion looking at you, seeking whom he can devour. He knows right when to throw that thought in your mind. Have you ever noticed that before? I hate it when he does it in church, but it happens It, it happens not a lot in church. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're in church in this moment, it is so easy to be close to God. It's your breath in our lungs. It's easy to be worshiping in church. It's easy. But Monday happens and you're like, oh, dang it. There's no breath in my lungs. Where'd the breath go? Where's the breath from yesterday? It's still there. But here's what he says here. You gotta, you got you gotta lay aside things that strap you in the voices. And he says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This part's so important. That this probably this honestly, this subject probably needs four weeks. And we don't have four weeks. I mean, I'm gonna be here forever, but I want to share with you now because there's things else I want to share with you. And I think this plagues our I think this plagues society. I think it plagues Christians everywhere. This, man, am I still, I don't know anymore. Am I still saved? Like I said yesterday, like, am I still saved? I had the same thoughts. I'm having the same thoughts that I had before I was saved. And now I'm saved and now I'm, it's the monsters. It's the voices that, I heard that are saying, hey, you're not, you're not worthy. Maybe you struggle struggling here today. You're like, man, I'm not worthy. Here, Let me help you. You're not. Whew. None of us are. That's good. that. Just some of you guys are like, I can live my whole week now. You didn't do anything to get it. You didn't. You weren't good enough to get the salvation. You're not good enough to keep the salvation. And God knew that you wouldn't be good enough to keep the salvation. So He went ahead and said, Hey, when you commit to Jesus, when you make commitment, it's forever. It's free. It's forever, and it is from God. You didn't, you didn't do anything to get it. Bible, I love this part of this verse. This verse is so is so hearty, but it says, look unto Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author and the finisher. Author is is, is the writer of it. Hey, you would love it if you knew what chapter 28 looked like in your story, wouldn't you? But hey, here's good news. I know who does. God does. Well, I've already got chapter 28. i love to know what chapter 54 looks like. Hey, it's great. But you know what? The author knows. The finisher, he knows. And so we begin to worry and begin to doubt because the voices inside of our head begin to talk to us and begin to speak into us and begin to speak to us. But God wants you to know in here today, he wants you to know that, hey, when you you moved into a relationship, it is free and it was forever. And it's from God. You didn't do anything to get it. So I'm up last night late. I'm talking with these Bible these Bible college kids. Abel, Gabe, I don't know where Gabe came from. He came, God just dropped him in our lap. Apparently he knows how to play the drums, which is his third instrument. I don't even have a first instrument. Can you imagine being that good at my third instrument? And Mallory, she fell from heaven. She just worshiped her. And I was thinking about it. Hey, it's so easy for me to, Jill, where are you at? Jill, it's so easy for me to say, man, I haven't missed a single Sunday since I've been here. And I was thinking about, I was replaying this whole year. I'm like, well, neither has Jill. (laughs) And Jill's been here all the time. And these guys are all gifted. James is a godsend. I'm up last night talking to these kids and these these young adults. And I said, do you guys ever struggle with your salvation? And um, they're from a Pentecostal background. So I knew they'd have a different take on it than I would have a take on it. And so we began to talk about this. And you know what we began to talk about? Um, Mallory said, I just don't want to, I don't want to let God down. I don't want to let God down. I struggle with letting God down. Like, that's the voices that I'm at. I'm going to let God down. And and Abel across the table says, oh, I saw a video one time. And um, he said, you, you, know what I, you know what the video said? And I said, oh, tell me what he goes. He says, you can't let God down because you were never holding him up. I was like, I'm like that's good like that'll preach can i use it it's mine stolen it's mine now now it's yours can i give it to you and now you can use it you were never oh man i just don't want to i want to follow jesus but if i let him down you can't let god down either i wrote that down i don't know if i i don't know if i messed but you can't let god down how do you know because he already knew everything about you and whenever he died on the cross for your sins, he died for your sins. And what's so crazy to me that when he was on the cross, all of Brad Martin's sins rolled through his, through his, through his, his mind, all of them, just rolled through. Probably took about a minute. His wife, Lisa, probably took 10 or 15 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <clears throat> just kidding. She's like, you don't know me, you do to say that, I don't. Um, Sorry, retract that. Cut that out of the podcast, Stephen. We, uh, he, and he, all of my sins, Chris and Emily's, Diana and Wes's, he, all your sins rolled through. And the Bible said that he actually cast those sins into the sea of forgetfulness. The stinky part of that is, is that you remember them. The good part is, God doesn't. You can't let God down. So there's no, I let God down. I gotta go get saved again. I need to go get forgiveness again. When God gave you that forgiveness, it was forever and it was free and it was from him and it was nothing you could do to keep it. The Bible says it was by grace. It was by a free gift. There's nothing you could do to keep it. So there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you do to get it. There's nothing you could do to keep it. There's nothing you can do to lose it. The Bible says that he's the author. He actually put that faith inside of you and he's gonna finish your story. He's gonna finish your story. Abel said this, it's the quiet people that you should listen to in life. He didn't say that, I, I said that, but Abe's pretty, Abel's pretty quiet, but when he talks, you're like, can you say that one more time? I just need, I didn't write it down. And um, here's what he said, he said, you know, when you get saved, this is so good. He said, when you get saved, he said, uh, it's like iTunes. I'm like, it's not like iTunes. <laughs> he said, you know, on iTunes and you've updated your phone you know it says you have to agree to all these terms and conditions I'm like yeah he's like you don't really read all of them do you no but you know what you do you click that you read all of them I read all of them you didn't read all of them you're a liar you're <laughs> sinners me, me too I don't read all that crud anyway I'm just like done he said with God when we get saved it's like saying hey God I believe in you I believe in you But there's so much truth that we don't know in all those fine prints. We don't don't know all of them. Just shake your head, no, I mean, that's right, right? We don't know all the things in this book. We didn't know all this. We we didn't. I asked, uh, Gabe Gabe was telling me, he said, you know, Wes, in this conversation, I'm not having it because I made it up. I'm having this conversation because this is our church. I mean, a lot of you guys don't know all that fine print. I don't know all the fine print. We're not getting all the fine print until we get to heaven. And in that fine print, by the way, I wanna make sure you don't misconstrue this. It's not a bunch of rules and things you gotta follow. It's not a bunch of rules. It's all these great things about what God wants to do in and through you. His mercies are new every day. He loves us, he's for us. He's your, you're his son, you're his daughter. He, he, He knew you before, he has a plan for your life. He's, you know, all these so much stuff in there. You're like, man, if you knew all of it, you're, you'd be like, man, I, I'll never doubt again. Some of you guys didn't know that it was forever. And so you destroy the first. Some of you guys didn't know. Some of you guys think you're, you're good enough to get it and no one's good enough to get it. The Bible says that no one's good enough. It's by grace. There's so many things in here. So these guys, I'm, I'm like, when's the moment in your life where you quit? I've asked God to save me probably 30 times. I started when I was in... Like, the moment I asked Jesus into my heart, I, I'll, I'll never forget it, but I was i was in fourth grade. I was in a chapel. I remember that, I'll never forget that. I'll remember the moment, that I, I was talking about the moment. I am at fourth grade, I got saved. I remember that, but I had no idea all the stuff in this book. I was like, yes, I agreed to the terms and, 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 and rules, but there were so many things I didn't know. So I struggled with, man, am I still saved? I'm still saved, I'm still saved, am I still saved? Am I still saved? I still saved? I'm like, God, God, please save me again. God, please save me again. And one day it just, it clicked for me. And God was like, hey bro, it's forever. It's free, you know anything to get it, you get anything to lose it. It is forever. It's free, it's forever, and it's from God. <clears throat> um, Gabe, and I were, Gabe, Gabe and I were talking, all three of us were talking about that and it's a great conversation. And we I want our church to be a church that has Jesus conversations with people. That's what I want us to do, I don't want us to get, I don't want us to be so excited about church that we don't talk about Jesus. I want us to have more conversations about Jesus, coffee shops all across the city. He said, I had this moment, this conversation, we had this moment, because I was having this moment, this struggle, I'm not gonna be all in or all all out. I was having this conversation with God a year ago. Mallory had this, this conversation when it just like eventually, Mallory got saved in Israel. Like, why wouldn't you get saved in Israel? It just makes sense. Like, you're walking where Jesus walked. I wanna get saved again in Israel, you know, like... And got baptized in Israel, where Jesus got baptized at. I mean, come on, that's pretty cool. But here's the deal: here's where I, I need to land this point. There has to come a point in your life. He said, for me, Gabe said, for me, it was just like a line. I just had to cross over. And just it was gonna be my new norm. For me, I, for me, it was I was 24, 25, and God said to me, Wes, the same power that rose Christ from the dead, it lives in you. And I was like, and it was a click, it was a God moment, it clicked and I'm like, I'm all in. But here's the deal, until you go all in, Satan's gonna keep on, he's gonna keep on using the voices inside your head. Wes, why can't I live the victorious Christian life? It's impossible to live the victorious Christian life if this is the line and your leg's on one side, and your leg's on the other side, church. It's impossible. But you know where most people spend the rest, the most of their life at? Riding the two lines. Knowing what's right, but choosing to have a leg on both sides. We live there, that is so easy. It's easy to live there, but it stinks mentally to live there. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to play that. It is hard for me to, it's it's hard to be on the right side. But you know on the right side, this is gonna be profound. When you're on the right side, you're you're on the right side and the right side is God's side. That's better than to be fully on this wrong side, just living in it. We're living here. This is not the plan. God did not plan for you to live this half, you know what I'm gonna say. This this half-hearted Christian walk. He didn't plan this. This is not God's plan for our life, guys. God's plan for our life is a life that's fully devoted to him. That's his plan for our life. That's his plan for this church's life. It's a plan for my life. Um, I gotta be done. We say this at our church. We want people to love, to to love all people at all times and all places. When you go into next steps, which is gonna happen right after here, we talk about after that, when we move from death to life, we talk about the fact that we want to know and follow and reflect Jesus. We want to be able to know, follow, and reflect Jesus. Because we know that God's plan for our life is to live over here, fully devoted to Him, not half and half. Half and half is great for coffee, but for Jesus, it's not where He wants you to be at. He wants you to be full in. So there's this fence here today. And maybe it's right next to you. It's, it's right in front of you. And it's time for you to come over to the other side. That's what it's time for. For some of you guys in here today, and that's what's so cool about salvation. It's a personal relationship. It's Mine's be, it's between me and God. And how I live it and Diana's is too, and I want to lead her and lead our family. But there comes a point in everyone's life where they gotta cross over from death to life, and make a decision to follow Jesus. But more so than that, once we know we've got to say, you know what, I'm the voice, I'm done with the voices. I know enough about the fine print now to know that it's free and it's forever and it's from God, so I'm good to go. I wanna invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.